0: hello and welcome to the davidson's podcast we are here once again another week
1: in hell hell <laughs> it kind of it kind of does feel like that most of the time on my end of of uh
2: is it heaven or hell heaven or hell
1: <laughs> Definitely closer to hell. Definitely. Definitely like, like, hell. yeah, if that's the question, <laughs> the answer is much easier.
2: I wonder what it means in Guilty Gear when they say that. Heaven or hell. Does it mean that you'll win? You'll not... You'll you go didn't heaven. play the
1: story mode?
0: They it didn't, it didn't explain didn't, it the story mode? I didn't mode?
2: Sit for the, I watched four hours of Woolies videos, but I couldn't put myself through four hours of Guilty <laughs> Gear videos of the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. No, no, no. Um, how's i I heard we're having a tournament. How's how's that going? Are you entering? Are you gonna uh
2: I'm trying to skills it, I, oh, okay. it's like it's quite late in Japan and also it's like my birthday next weekend, so I'm kinda like, will I be drunk? Uh because then that might be Probably. more funny. Um but I do want to enter, but we had an, an amazing hype trailer from one of our lovely Discord members to hype up our Guilt Gears an okay tournament uh
0: yeah yeah it's uh uh yeah maybe i'll bite me buy me a fight stick and actually get into fighting games again
2: dude hell yeah (sighs) come come join i can't stop playing i played like 60 hours of the damn thing now
0: whoa
2: 60 hours of guilty here yeah and i got to i I, look i am not very good at fighting games i'm very middling right if you take fighting games as like this weird error like thing where people just obsess over, right? Like there's no
1: fucking humble brag.
2: No, 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 (laughs) no, no. no. Honestly, because I've I've been rinsed by a few people in the Discord, but I did get to floor nine in the heaven arena area, whatever it's called, like the tower in Guilty Gear. So I'm one floor away from the top. And then you get to like the celestial heavens (laughs) or whatever. But I did have a terrible night last night where I got to nine and then I got annihilated, like, for two hours straight by almost every single person who was playing, and <laughs> then cried my way back down to floor seven, and...
1: I know that's gonna
2: happen, if I get that. I've been salty since. <laughs> <laughs> with my
1: experience in fighting games, uh, you know, besides, uh, dive kick with Matt, um, oh. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty sure that, that I would just, uh, Don't forget get, about Soul get... Calibur. Get dunked on and be a salty boy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I am very cleanly remembering Soul Calibur, which, you know, was the dunked on salty thing. Dive kick, on the other hand, was, uh, oh, okay. that was my mm-hmm. moment to shine. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: but it was. I
1: bet it was. <laughs> it was. It was.
0: <laughs> What's a good fight stick these days, though? I don't think Madcats is a thing anymore.
2: I almost spent $200 on it buying a new fight stick. Today.
0: Almost. But but which one? I don't see any like top of the line ones anymore.
2: The Hayabusa. Um, I forget who makes it actually. Sorry. Like I can't remember who it was. The Hayabusa. Uh, I think it's
0: I think it's Hayabusa. That's one of them.
2: Hori. It's Hori, of course. Japanese. It's Hori. Hori. Yeah, it's the uh the real arcade Hayabusa. But it's like it's like a lot of money, and like my fight stick, that my old PS3 Soul Calibur 5 fight stick that I'm using on PC still works pretty, pretty nicely. So it's like, well, oh, then just
1: use that. You don't gotta spend money on I have, plastic.
2: I do like plastic though.
0: Oh, I had the real arcade pro at one point. That's what I used I to
2: have. have. I used to have the the uh, the Mad Cat's TE, the Street Fighter Four TE, the big red uh, one. yeah. That was a yeah. beast. That was my my beauty. You could open them,
0: switch out the buttons. Like I swapped out my buttons and my yeah. arcade stick. Oh, oh god. my god! I that used to like, go
2: on oh, ShortyUk.net sure. <laughs> and like upload like Photoshop files of like custom stick templates, and you know, mm-hmm. spend hours photoshopping Ryu in various poses. And <laughs> 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 good, good times. Best. Good fucking man. Time. Sure, you can. That was a good website at the time.
1: I hear some freaking renovators banging on the uh, apartment walls. I want to Mr. Driller's ap- returned. Apologize <laughs> if Mr. Driller shows up, but speaking of dropping things down a few floors, I dropped my keys down an elevator shaft. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, so I I dropped my keys down the elevator. I was I was carrying a, a big package box up up uh up from the mailroom into the elevator and I had my keys looped around my fingers and it was a very heavy box. It was a HelloFresh box. <laughs> the best. Yeah, I, I I actually ended up unironically really enjoying that thing. I, I bought some Final Fantasy concert tickets for December. And uh, when Ticketmaster oh, walks nice. you through the process at the end, they want you to sign up for all these different promo codes. And I, I caved and picked the HelloFresh one. And that ended up inadvertently causing me to drop my keys down the elevator shaft. And I don't exactly know how the process is going to work. I don't know what you do when you drop your keys down the elevator shaft. But I'm really, really worried that they're going to have to like call the elevator company over. <laughs> And get a crew to show up and stop the elevator and like pull it up while I'm fishing around underneath it with a coat hanger or something. Wait, I don't know. wait, I'm thinking of this like
2: it, how did you get like in your it's remote? gone, it's gone, yeah isn't yeah, it? like how did you get in your apartment?
1: I have spare keys for most of the things on that keychain, but there are a few that that i I will need back uh, and, like well, locked. depending on how is things your go. bike locked forever uh <laughs> i I yes come to think of it my bike lock key is on that keychain, and i do not have a backup for that you're gonna have to get a uh one of those little cutters the the real important one is is the mailbox key it's it's a minor little thing i i will i will keep you guys updated with how the conclusion of this story goes next week but i still i i dropped my keys down an elevator and thought it was funny enough to mention on the podcast (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's very george <laughs> i gotta go down to
1: the the manager's office of the building and tell them about it i just want to make sure that i look clean and presentable you know <laughs> i don't want to like show up in my pajamas and be like oh i dropped my keys down your elevator can i can i poke around the bottom of your elevator please uh, it's
0: gotta be the grossest oh my god you, you yeah even, dude Dude, there's dirt on top of dirt, on top of crust, on top of dirt.
1: I wonder if there's water down there. Dude. I'm kind of looking forward to solving the spooky mystery, though, of what elevators look like underneath. Where your keys go when you drop your, your keys down the elevator. It's not going to be good.
2: <laughs> if, you, if
0: you do go down there, you have to take a picture or video. Like You have to show what's at the bottom of an unclean elevator shaft
2: buy a plastic skeleton and dispose <laughs> of it down there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that. I like that. If 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 they do have to call a crew over and, and it costs hundreds of dollars, I'll just get new keys. But if they don't, I'm legitimately looking forward to this gross, disgusting adventure. Would you have to pay for
2: their services?
1: I guess. If they have to call the elevator the crew over. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's so- never even think about there has to be an elevator crew out there someone someone must have have decided at some point in their lives that they wanted to be an elevator man if if elevators exist and they need maintenance and eventually i just want digital keys i don't
0: want to hold keys anymore
2: in japan i've lived in two apartments where it's like a key card to open your door i've lived in two apartments where i had a key card and honestly when I moved into my new place, my current place, I actually was kind of frustrated by having physical keys and not a key card that I could just put in my wallet. Like, it was way better. It's like a hotel key kind of thing.
0: I, I like the number pad, too. The number pad, you just put in the code mm. and you're in. That's it. You're done. Like,
1: like, like not just the main, main building, but the individual unit. Yeah, used in
2: the, key card. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, my individual apartment had a key card. It was just like a hotel room where you open the door with a slot, pull it out. Open the door. And you can lock it from the inside with an actual, like an analog lock. It was really
1: good. Hmm, I'm wondering how I how I feel about that because my comfort level is firmly established with having a key card for your building, but for your individual unit. I mean, I don't know, like, what if the power, what if the electronics in it fail somehow? Like, how does it get power? I think,
2: um, considering we're talking to a man who just dropped his keys down an elevator shaft, either or is the dangerous, uh, well, well, what what if George drops his keys down the elevator would be my argument to that.
0: Like, my car, my car can open, like, well, many new cars can open just having the fob, right? Yeah, right. but you, and you: If that doesn't work, if the battery dies, you can just use the key. Having two ways of opening a door
1: is great. I do s- want to say, though, that if my individual unit did use key cards, instead of a keychain, I would have had looped around my finger, I would not have dropped my keys down the elevator. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> if you'd had a key card in your wallet, in your pocket, you would
1: have. My Ridge Wallet. You were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, those guys. <laughs> I wouldn't
2: trust my key card inside of a Ridge Wallet. I'm pretty sure, actually, the time we were pimping those chaps, I was living in the apartment that had a key card. So I must have put my key card in a Ridge Wallet at some point.
1: And you never dropped it down the elevator.
2: No. When I catch, like, American TV adverts or YouTubers sometimes, and then it's like, the Ridge Wallet is, and I'm like, oh, look at those guys. They went on and did so well without us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, besides that, we we all have nasty, disgusting adventures to go on at some points during our lives. And uh, I believe that this week, um, Liam actually does have a video game. Uh uh, that, that's new this yeah. time, that, uh, is, is also the, the hot, new <laughs> r- release, um, everyone's talking about.
2: Some people are talking about.
1: <laughs> Don't know if they're saying good things, but people are definitely talking about this game.
2: Of course, being the master of golf that I've been bestowed upon by God. Master
1: of golf.
2: Um, You're the golf man. I took it upon myself man. to purchase the new Mario Golf. Oh boy. The reviews came out and they were very uh, surprising at how just very middling it seems this game came off. And I was like, huh, oh, I wonder, um, you know, I played the 3DS one, to not Toadstool to that's the GameCube one. Um, I forget what the, the 3DS one was. And it is like a good golf game, but it's just an average video game, right? And uh, this applies very true to Mario Golf Super Rush, or whatever it's called, the new one.
1: Yeah, Super Rush. Super Rush. Because that's what what golf is like. It's a game where you rush around a lot.
2: Yeah. So it's quite funny, right? It's a perfectly fine golf game, right? Like the mechanics and the playing the golf is totally fine because they've been doing it in this series for a long time now. Everything is still very similar to what it used to be like. But it is all of the things they've tried to change in this game that make it far worse Including what is their new uh, mode, which is speed golf, right? What is
1: speed golf? So,
2: speed golf is this new multiplayer game, and you can play it against NPCs um, at the same time. But the idea is that you battle four other people, but it being Nintendo, you can only battle one other real person and then two NPCs instead Wait, of what? four people, which is really frustrating. What? So, the idea is that you Hate your golf ball, and then you have to run to mm. where it lands. <laughs> no golf cart? No golf cart. But you have like a dash, and you have like a special dash, and both of them use stamina. And then there's like, uh, there's like right, items on the right. course, right? That so, sounds cute. Sounds cute. Okay. Yeah. Now yeah, I wonder if you can figure fun. out the flaw here. So the idea is that it's some sort of Mario Kart style like engagement when you are all running to your balls, right? So each character has like a super move and like they have a super dash, and you can knock other players out of the way, and your super shot can like you can land it on other people's balls and stuff like that. Trying to th- feel like what is wrong with this? What could potentially be wrong with this?
1: Can can they screw with you while you're staying still, trying to? Set no, up your
2: no, they swing. cannot. No, they cannot. They can't do that. Once you get um, to your ball, you're kind of locked into the shot, and no one can fuck with you.
0: Oh, they can hit you while you run.
2: No, the ball goes through people. It would be more fun if they could.
0: No, no, when they rush to the to, to the ball, you can actually hit people. <laughs> oh, you can hit way.
2: people out of the way. Yeah, that's the idea. The idea is it's kind of like Mario Kart, right? You're knocking people out the way to get to your ball faster. You got to manage your stamina and stuff like that. So that's the fun part. Okay. Now, the painful revelation is that how big are golf courses? Mm, they
1: famously do
2: take a lot of land. Right, they do, right? Quite wide, right?
1: It's, it's, it's actually a, a big issue in a lot of cities how much space is for the golf course.
2: So imagine a Mario Kart track, right? That's a mile wide and no one can hit each other with shells because no one is really close to each other. That's Mario Golf Super Rush. You just never engage with other people. Because, like, if you watch every advert, like, I, I implore you to watch the adverts, you will almost always see in the adverts, when it advertises speed golf, all of the players running in, like, a line, right? So it looks like they're engaging and close with each other. But in the reality of playing the game, everybody hits shots In different positions and the golf course is so wide like each hole is so wide that nobody ever can engage with each other and you run out of stamina before you can hit anybody no one is ever in front of you everyone's kind of running to the side of you and you can't do anything so all that denigrates it down to is that you're just running to your ball and guess what the worst part of playing golf is (laughs) the walking between your ball why the fuck would you in a video game want to walk between your golf ball right it's it was a fun pitch it sounds like it could have been cute and fun and they turned it boring it is a terrible execution right no it's it just doesn't work it really doesn't work and then you have battle golf which is like a hybrid of like battle mode in Mario Kart and speed golf and you have to run to the different things but you can it's like capture the flag and there's like nine holes and you can the first person to score three holes before the other players can wins um also doesn't work very well because nobody hits everyone just goes for different holes to other players in execution it's really kind of just rubbish it's just kind of very <laughs> middling. Speed golf is honestly like in the adventure mode. So they have an adventure mode, which is really boring. They use speed golf a lot because, of course, it's the new thing for the game. But you just don't want to play it. And then you don't want to play the adventure mode. And the adventure mode is a lot of talking for no reason. And you go back to your house and you have to sleep. And then you have to run all the way back to where you just were. And it's, it's all kind of weird, dumb decisions that, honestly, on top of like, there is a lot of like polish issues like it's very un nintendo in its presentation if you like look at the game it's kind of rough like the textures are very flat um the grass is not very good if you look at the animations like oh my god they've done a bad service to donkey kong he doesn't even have any fur he has like painted on textures like if you compare it to like the smash brothers versions of these characters it's really not that great um there's a lot of like weird polish things with animation like Frames where characters disappear off the screen, a frame before it transitions, and it's like a blank screen with no character on it sometimes. There's a lot of weird things going on. And then just to top it off, you have this mode called XC Golf, which is cross-country golf. And it is just awful. And the, the idea with that is you don't play normal golf. Like the golf course is all broken up because it's been damaged by a storm. So they just make up holes. And they just place a flag somewhere on the golf course and you just have to try and get to that flag within like 20 strokes. But the golf courses are not made to be like hit across and they're these like giant rocky cliffs. And then there are these tornadoes that don't exactly throw you into the correct place. So you're just hitting the ball like with no sense of direction. And it's just really frustrating because you can't ever get the ball up over the cliffs and stuff like that. It's honestly kind of odd. It doesn't feel like a Nintendo game. It feels like a really kind of, no pun intended, rushed title. Like it's obviously had, I I assume it's had some Corona transition last year of production problems that they didn't overcome, but they still had to release the game anyway. And they wouldn't, this wouldn't have happened if, you know, things were going to, imagine, because it's made by Camelot. So they're, they're a third party to Nintendo. You know, they're one of their, I guess, second parties, actually. Imagine having to deal with your Nintendo overlords, but at the same time transitioning all of your staff to work from home, especially if you're a large team, and then trying to finish a game in the year that we've just had. I can definitely see how this game got to this point. But stuff like Speed Golf and Cross Country Golf, which I imagine were ideas from the beginning, I'm honestly amazed that Nintendo thought they were fun because they are not.
0: It's not good. I've been watching it, and you've been talking. It's uh, yeah. There's a lot of running, a lot of running, a lot of hitting people while they run, and I'm just like, that's not. It's that's just not a lot my of golf Game,
2: uh, yeah. yeah. And that's not fun. And what's even less fun is it has stamina bars, and when you run out of stamina, you're just like basically like hopping tinily along, and all- you just want to get to your ball. It's really frustrating. It's like they like, hey, the unfun part of golf. We'll just add that in. Like the normal golfing stuff is fine like actually hitting shots and playing a normal game of golf like the stroke multiplayer totally fine but we already have games like that we have the PGA games and the golf uh, the what is it the golf club like those games already exist so the the marioness of this game is what brings it down right like the idea of like Im- implementing all of these new rules and stuff yeah well, Damn.
1: evidently it's selling okay. It's number one on the UK sales chart. That doesn't week.
2: surprise me. I mean, it's still a Mario Sports game, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and those always sell at least okay. But
2: you think it's a Nintendo game that's got like a seventy on Metacritic, which is it's pretty, currently it's rough. sitting at a
1: seventy four. So, oh, okay, so you so it's you gone you up a
2: little bit. can
1: or do consider what, what, what how do how do you how do you value a seventy four?
2: I think if a Nintendo 74 is pretty low. Like let's be honest. I think I don't think Nintendo get the bump, but the polish Nintendo usually provides in their games always scores them a little higher. I think I think a 6.5 is fair for this, to be honest. And that is like wow. me being wow. harsh on wow. a Nintendo game.
1: <laughs> yeah, a 6.5 in, in, in video game scale is like
2: don't play it. Basically. well seven seven is average but you got to think seven for nintendo that's that's a bad score right that's a bad score they also have like this almost like metal gear solid style binocular mode where you can scan the environment like you're using high-tech stuff to be able to see the heights and like the uh the the elevation of like greens and stuff it's totally pointless like you don't need it <laughs> it's so weird because you can have an overview and it tells you all of the information and that's not to add like the backspin and the top spin is just like a button you press there's no engaging like it's not like the old pga games where you used to apply the spin to the ball and do interesting things and you'd have some control over your shots um yeah uh it's it's pretty disappointing and there are only
1: six courses looking at camelot's game library over the past couple decades is pretty depressing too i forgot that this is the company that made golden sun
2: yeah yeah and well damn people forget that camelot was were a sega studio they made you know shining force and stuff shining force Mm. but they are the company that also made the terrible terrible mario tennis game
1: if you go on wikipedia and look at their list it's all mario sports games from 2003 onwards yeah uh they made golden sun dark dawn in 2010 and that's the only exception everything else on this list is a mario sports spinoff
2: yeah what was it um was oh yeah mario tennis ultra smash the wii u mario tennis was so bad but mario tennis aces that was okay but ultra smash was like this is the Mario Golf equivalent of Ultra Smash. It is not very good. Or it's I, I, its hard to say it's not very good. It's just not very good for Nintendo. Let's put it that way. And it's a shame. I, it looked good. People were excited. But, yeah. It's rough.
1: And the talk that I've heard was that, oh, the multiplayer modes are better than the single player modes. But
2: yeah, yeah like,
1: i don't know it sounds like the multiplayer modes are just slightly more okay than the single player i think
2: modes. if you had like a gentleman's agreement with all of your friends that <laughs> yeah. you have to Customers stay on the fairway sets. yeah yeah like you would all stay on the fairway and you didn't run off into the sides and just avoid everything yeah i think that would be fun i remember i oh sorry no i actually do want to i completely forgot about this but the best way to improve this game and i i kid you not and actually this was fun I totally forgot about this because I was frustrated. But, so the game has motion control.
1: Oh, good. Everyone's favorite.
2: I mean this with the greatest of compliments. It gives me Wii Sports for the first time golf nostalgia. Mm. Do you remember getting the Wii and playing yeah. Wii Sports for the first time, right? The Wii Remote didn't exactly work, but the phenomenon of, like, playing it, you know, with motion control felt like you were playing golf a little it's bit. It's
1: all been downhill ever since. Mm.
2: I think one of the most underrated things about the Switch is people don't realize just how accurate the little Joy Cons are, right? Yeah, so come to
1: think of it, Metroid Prime on the Switch was better than the GameCube version because yeah, of those it, motion
2: controls. It, yeah, they really are really good, right? Um, so the best way to improve this game, uh, if you have it and you have friends, is to get drunk with said friends and play motion control 18 holes of golf and have a friend pretend to be a sportscaster. <laughs> and, like, spend the evening being like, and now Liam's stepping up to the tee. He lines up his shot, and he hits it. And then uh, use the motion controls and have a good time. Because uh, that's the only way you can improve this game to be more fun. It does give Wii Sports nostalgia. I, I, I enjoyed that.
1: I'm making a list here of all the things you need to do to make Mario Golf Super Rush fun. (laughs) You have to make a gentleman's agreement with your friends to stay only on the fairway. You have to force you and your friends to all use motion controls. Everyone must drink and you need a designated sports caster in the room. Yeah. Then it's fun.
2: Then it's better. Just better. Just better. It can be fun, but the motion controls then, you know, after like After, like, a couple of holes, the motion controls wear out. They're welcome, just like most motion controls do. And, yeah.
1: Shit. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Another (laughs) pseudo-mediocre, potentially fun Mario sports spinoff is smashing the sales charts and mediocrity hovering in the averages of Metacritics.
2: Very different to the gushing of Guilty Gear last week. (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i i can't say i'm surprised but at the same time there's still been some good games this year that that have tickled us
2: what you been doing matt did you finish ender lilies did you finish it
1: you didn't play any new metroidvanias i did not
0: finish ender lilies i finished outriders i finished started some remnant yeah jeez damn i started playing a little bit of uh, remnant from the ashes that's a that's a that's a weird game, right there.
1: Yeah, the the Hunt Showdown um, spinoff team ended up elaborately getting their project turned into this at the same time that it mm. the the Crytek Austin team had their their concept and prototypes for Hunt Showdown get finished in the German studio. Yeah, uh, I think we have talked about that, but I am interested in hearing an update because um, it's it's a game I've had my eyes on.
0: It's hard, but hard in a very Specific way, like you don't because you don't get loot drops, you have to constantly upgrade your armor and weapons in order to be able to do anything in that game. You,
1: you, you think there might be some microtransaction grind going on? Mm, I don't, is there microtransactions? I didn't know. Well, the there. thing is, is that, that Epic was giving it away for, for free for a while, and that always like triggers your suspicions that oh, they got to be making money. Somehow, right?
0: No, I don't think there's microtransactions
1: from what I know. Anyway, n- nothing was shown to me
0: at least when I was. But there's playing. still still this grind going on. Is yeah, it's a little bit of yeah. You can't just play through the story. It's like uh you hit a wall sometimes. And um I was playing, and I hit this wall where, like, literally, if you get hit twice, you're done. And damn, you would have to grind up like are iron in order to make the fight easier you know because that's that's literally what it is you have to make it easier because you could beat the boss but it's just like this particular boss shoots like fire and um explodes these barrels that you can't walk over and then spawns these enemies that oh she'll shoot you with fire so it like it's not necessarily the funnest boss like it's just like do i really want to play this boss or do i just want to move on to another game you know, I I got it from Xbox Game Pass. Like it's just like I didn't pay money for this <laughs> free real estate. Like <laughs> like if this game is not, I'm not gonna say it's I'm not gonna say here and say it's not designed well, but it's just like it's not. It wasn't. There's certain parts that were really fun, and there were certain
1: parts that were just like, man, this is just annoying. You know, and this does sound like like why i didn't go through with it because i really like the aesthetics and the character design like it totally does look like the hunt showdown team got split in two and made a different game but when when hearing about how it has that looter shooter destiny grind style grind to it That, that
0: that would be better because you would be getting loot but you don't get loot you just find like weapons once or twice in hours like, they're, they're specific weapons in specific spots. It's kind of like, it's less than Dark Souls, to be honest. Because enemies don't drop loot. They don't, it's not like Destiny where you're just getting loot crates and stuff like, no, you're not. None of that. Um, not Not Borderlands, nothing. This is its own thing. Upgrading the weapon you have is a better time, even though you're wasting iron even though you think you might get a better weapon most likely you won't <laughs> because you'll be playing hours with the same weapon and you have to upgrade that same weapon or you have to buy one from the the merchant and try to upgrade that one i what i thought this was a looter shooter i felt like they changed a lot of stuff because i used to get i used to get drops before but the one on game pass I feel like they changed it up a bit, and now you just don't, you don't get dropped. Unless I'm missing something. But I explored everywhere in the first area. I went to the second area, explored everywhere, and all, the only thing I found was a sniper rifle. And that's pretty much it. For, for like four, four, four or five hours of play? So they have changed it, but for the worse. It's, I don't know. I don't know. It's strange. It's strange to me i like the looter shooters to be honest like i'm coming from outright it's just like yeah i want a different gun yeah i want to try something else yeah i want to play around with my stats yeah i want to and this one is just like it feels like you're you're pigeonholed like oh once you put that thing in that's it you know you're done that's your character you know once you upgrade this 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 weapon guess what you can't sell that weapon you can't um you can't uh a uh, uh, fucking um this dismantle the weapon to get your materials back you can't do anything it's this you just have it in your inventory like it's just like what the fuck <laughs> i was like what is this game there's a lot of little things that are just like it's not a it's not a bad game i i just don't feel like playing it that's that's basically that's basically why I'm getting
1: that well, well the 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 science has been done. Uh, studies have proven that the human brain only has capacity for one live service, mostly online grindy game at a time <laughs> yeah, it's uh, usually these
0: games are not grindy though like outriders is not grindy Borderlands is not grindy like these games are not grindy they are just like there's a lot of side quests, and you
1: just you get loot from it. But and mm, even like, Assassin's Creed is grindy now. There's definitely more grindy than, than when we grew up playing games. I feel like, mm, absolutely,
2: yeah, it's like the inverse, isn't it? It's like Western games have become more grindy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've taken the old JLVG tropes and we've turned it on its head because people want value for their $60. What is value though if you're grinding away like it, are you having a good time? Well, I don't
0: know. I want a fun 8-hour campaign. I, yes, yeah, please. Yeah, like,
1: yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Each hour each hour just fun. You know. I don't I don't want a long one. I remember playing I remember <laughs> me shitting on Doom way back. And it's just like what the fuck am I doing? And like it's just hours and hours of me getting key cards and shooting people. And I was just like, ah, oh, I, I can't. I was like, are we done yet? Like, are we getting close? No, we're not done. We're not even halfway through. And I'm like, I've spent hours. Me and my friend is just watching me <laughs> play the game. And we're just not we're, we're not done yet. We're, this is, we're six hours in, and we're we're not even a quarter in. Like, this is not... Let me check how how, how long that game was. And I was like, we just actually stopped playing. And I think he just has it sitting on his, uh, his shelf, because I bought it for him, because I thought he might like it. And... <laughs> It was a, yeah. We don't play games like that anymore, like forty hour shooter games and stuff like that. That's just like a long time, right? Right,
1: guys. It is. No. It is. No. Yeah, and, and and the older that you get, the worse it feels. Yeah um on on top of having adult responsibilities like the entire decades of playing through games like that really does wear down on you it feels like you're you're doing the same thing you've been doing your whole damn life sometimes when you're sitting in a quiet room by yourself feeling miserable chipping away at some video game that's having you repetitively go through the same combat motions to kill the two billionth bad guy that uh that that video, video game combat just feels so much more repetitive and grating than than it used to at any other part in my life and i'm wondering if it's just cuz i've played too many by this by this age <laughs> wait, wait wait when did doom come out 2016 there was doom 2016 and then doom eternal was like a few months ago if not about almost a, a year ago so yeah. yeah it is it's 12
0: hours long so <sighs> Man, maybe we played like four hours and we're like, man, this feels like eternity. Oh, because it's Doom Eternal. Uh, I did, we didn't play Doom Eternal. We played the regular Doom. This was years ago. Yeah, I, did, I just did not, I could not get through Doom. I know people love it, but
1: I can't, I can't. It's just so the same thing. How long to beat doesn't clock either of them at being egregiously long. They say Doom Eternal supposed to last you 14 hours long. Uh, let's see what they say about doom 2016, 11 and it's, a half hours. Yeah. I do remember it getting a little repetitive and grading, but I don't remember it feeling that stretchy. I, I remember like a fake out final boss. Anyways, what, we we don't have Danny O'Dwyer on the podcast, so we can talk shit about doom as much as Wait, we want. He did not. <laughs> that's why he never comes back. He's like, oh yeah, Matt, Matt hated fucking doom. That's
0: right. Mm. Cause I talked to I played it right when he came on the podcast. What was that? That sons or was that? uh I that think was it was on. TOVG. That I, was I, remember T-O-V-G. Jimmy, I remember Jimmy there. Yeah, I
2: did yeah. not exist. I had yet to be born. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't exist until.
0: In- until, uh, until after TOVG. <laughs> yeah.
1: God hadn't made Liam yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy now, now doesn't exist. Like... <laughs> Jimmy is just a
2: figment of uh, memories. <laughs> Me and him are like Sora and. What's his uh... name? Roxas? Whatever the other kid. <laughs> Riku? Yeah. I don't Riku. know. Riku. Riku. Yeah. yeah. Riku, yeah. Well, like two sides of the same person.
0: Oh, no, no. Roctus. That's Roxas. That's Roxas. Oh,
2: Roxas. Yeah, yeah. And then we're, yeah. I'm, I guess I'm Sora because <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jimmy's still playing World of Warcraft um, while wow, he, uh.
2: Somewhere in heaven. Right.
0: <laughs> Jimmy's going to send us a text. He's going to send us a text. Oh, yeah.
2: this <laughs> is the latest episode, guys. I'm still alive. It's, it's
1: nice up here.
2: <laughs> I like Jimmy. What a lovely guy.
1: I, 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 yeah. Full disclaimer. I like Jimmy, too. I also had fun playing video games this week, so I guess things kind of worked out for me.
2: What were you playing, my wonderful friend?
1: I was playing a ridiculous, uh... Absurd, messy, stream-of-conscious, spewing-everything-out-of-this-developer's-mind art project named Cruelty Squad, which is a Hotline Miami-esque, um, extremely visceral, scathing takedown of video game violence that absolutely indulges and loves video game violence at the same time this is
2: the one david jaffe hated
1: oh fuck that guy cruelty squad (laughs) is a first person immersive sim um yeah he david jaffe had a really embarrassing yeah he had a twitter spat this week
2: he had an even more embarrassing one about this one right where he was like i'm gonna refund this because it's garbage or something
1: whoa damn cruelty <laughs> squad has a deliberate garbage aesthetic you are seeing the world through the eyes of someone's whose eyeballs are covered up with skittled vomit um it looks nasty it sounds nasty and it's it's very much intended to to be the point of course you can you can tell what is underneath all the nastiness is a surprisingly feature rich complete surprisingly well designed and I don't know if I want to say polished because I mean, look at it. But at the same time, it doesn't really. It's it's not gonna crash on you. It's your deaths aren't gonna feel cheap. The combat surprisingly feels uh, uh, meaningful and tactical. Uh, It's a Deus Ex like immersive sim where you play an assassin who has to navigate levels with safe zones and dangerous zones and uh, civilian NPCs and and dangerous NPCs. And you, you, you have an assortment of, of augmentations that are not cool and, and not clean that create more messes in the environment. Uh, the, 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 the gunk jets that I uh, slapped onto my character cause him to make a farty noise and green gunk flies out his asshole. <laughs> and that's how you do your double jump. You fart your way to the next jump. Uh, oh. uh, okay, I gotta see this game. Is, when you know, when ridiculous. you kill an enemy you can eat them for one HP and <laughs> their bodies explode into a bunch of b- Gory Gibbs you sort through the Gibbs with your your use button throwing pieces away until you get to the good stuff Like the heart and the pancreas and the brain and then you sell your enemy's organs on the black market No, the regular market actually that's the lore of the game. It's a uh, dystopic late capitalism taken to an absurd conclusion Every time you kill an enemy, you can eat them for a health boost, then steal their organs and sell it on a market that is accessible via your character's own inventory with price tickers of line graphs constantly going up and down. You buy and sell stocks in between these corporate assassination missions where you go to kill a, a governor who's proposing a radically progressive tax plan of, of uh, a 1% tax rate on the corporations. There's like a mission where where you you have to kill a police chief who used to be on the the crime syndicate corp the legalized syndicate corporate payroll but then went rogue and started a cult called the the cult of order it's it's this really really intensely dark vision of of what was kind of sort of the science fiction going on behind Deus Ex your your character wakes up out of bed and there is a mass shooting happening across the street from their apartment window and no one seems to care yeah it's it's definitely a game that that feels like it was made from from an angry, passionate place coming from the developer, but has enough time and effort put into it to where the features are are surprisingly complete. They feel surprisingly good in your hands. And the art style kinda sort of weirdly ends up working after, you know, you have more patience than David Jaffe and put up with it for a few hours. It's not friendly for those first few hours. It's an extremely hard art style to read. Yeah. But
2: it, that was going to be my major... Even though I understand what they're going for, it is hard to digest what is happening, because it is hard to look at. Jesus
0: Christ, dude, it looks like vomit.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, What ends up happening in some of these later levels is that you have a a realistic-looking shopping mall environment that might also have non-Luclidean portals where the ceiling turns into the floor in one certain room of of an otherwise... I wouldn't say realistic looking shopping mall, but just with like enough hints of realism to make you feel like there is a real world behind the incredibly garish Skittles vomit aesthetic. Dude, like just look at the life meter. The life meter is, is a giant pulsing green blob that just says life on it with a number. And that Mm. takes up an eighth of the whole screen. I can totally understand how, if you're David Jaffe and, and, uh, uh uh famous for for making schlocky games where where cars shoot each other the you you might get the appeal to to jump into this and then and then not 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 get it if you don't have the patience for it but yeah i do want to say like if you're a fan of deus ex if you're a fan of system shock that whole 0451 looking glass style of game this does scratch the itch. I'm I am surprised by how well it scratches that itch. And I am surprised by how well the the artistry of it ultimately pans out. Like like definitely jank for jank's sake, messiness for messiness's sake, but there is there is a purpose and point behind it, I swear.
2: Did you finish it? Can you finish it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it's it's um about six-ish hours long, and I wanna say I I played three going on four hours. But one of the cool things I'm seeing is that you are supposed to replay these levels over and over again. When when it describes itself as a, a, a tactical combat game, that means that you die really quick and so do the enemies. There are lean buttons. You can slice the pie Rainbow Six style and go through levels extremely slowly, clearing them out. But you can uh, pay big bucks after selling some big stonks and big organs on the organ market. And also fish from a, from a freaking fishing minigame this thing has. They, they even have a fish mini game. you 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 raise up money by selling stocks and organs and fish and end up buying some extremely overpowering late game upgrades that I feel like they're gonna want you to go through these early levels again because the levels are also extremely dense with uh, alternate routes and and honeycomb tunnels. They, they make you die really fast from that quick uh, time-to-kill tactical combat and then make you restart really fast, so you kind of sort of naturally go through a different route every time you die and retry, and later on you, you have multiple levels worth of savings saved up for something like a, uh, a, a flesh suit that will shoot a little um, uh, a thing called a grappendix out of your belly button. A little intestinal tube can come out of your upgradable flesh suit that you'll use as a grapple hook to get to a different part of a level you've never been to before that you then use some kind of special uh, uh concussion grenade to open a locked door because you don't have lock picks in this game. All of the lock picking you do has to be through explosive destructions. Um, and there's, there's so many locked doors in these levels. It's, it's one of those games where there's a lot that's not going to make sense until a few hours in. And then once it does, you're immediately going to want to replay the old levels over again now that it does make sense. So yeah, I, how long to beat clocks it at six hours, but I feel like I'm seeing more, more, more more hours there but it still (laughs) is gonna have the
2: the the the
1: the quick cleanly paced eight hour campaign with a story that starts off in a weird place has a weird twist midway through uh constantly shocks you with how weird and depressing and dark its dystopia is it's a good time i i really was surprised by cruelty squad i i mean it does kind of look like george bait to be fair but it's (laughs) it is Panning out for me
2: quite quite well. So you would argue against David Jaffe and his a terrible opinion.
1: Let's discuss this. No, what was it he said? Let's us discuss this. Yeah he he made a YouTube thumbnail of a debate he wanted to have against Pat from the Best Friends and and the the typo the the confidence with which he made that thumbnail with the typo in it is is just absolutely embarrassing second-hand embarrassment Oof. was was felt hard during David Jaffé's <laughs> Twitter spat with with Pat from from the best friends. Oh, are David. they
0: are they best friends anymore? Oh yeah, <laughs> what do we
1: got to say castle beast cat what uh, wooly figures it out whatever whatever Pat's working on nowadays that thing. We all know who we're talking about. Let's us discuss this.
0: <laughs> let's, discuss let's
1: us discuss this I absolutely hate that I'm not going to remember David Jaffe for for Twisted Metal and, and and did he do a bit of God of War I think he did one of the God of War games he
2: made God of War
1: I'm not going to remember David Jaffe for Twisted Metal and God of War for a while for the next like few months to maybe a year I'm going to remember him as the let's us discuss this guy and that
2: sucks oh well. well <laughs> don't uh talk about refunding indie games on the valley i mean how much was it, it
1: was like 15 bucks well it's also going through the steam sale right now so oh it was uh 17.99 the default price is 20 bucks it's on sale now for 18 bucks how long and... is it oh man 17 bucks for on sale for vomit <laughs> your first playthrough would would be around six ish hours but i am seeing a okay. shitload so of potential for for replay value there mm.
0: I, I, man, my eyes could not take it. It, it. It's interesting to hear you talk about
1: it, but my, my, uh, my eyes could not take it. Yeah, it's it's real harsh. It reminds me a lot of the mods I was making for The Sims as a child. Um, and maybe some nostalgia from those days is coming through to make it a bit more tolerable. Because in screenshots, the game looks uglier than I remember it.
2: Maybe in motion, I think that's the problem, right? Like it's a lot to digest. Uh, when you're looking at a static image of it, but uh, when it's in motion, maybe your focus is changed from just looking.
1: Yeah, um, your eyes do not focus on this ugly border around the whole screen. This this 90s style re- reminder of what game you're playing. I am definitely seeing a lot more of that in, in the screenshots and footage after the fact that I remember seeing with my eyeballs when I was focused on landing these these tricky headshots they want you to do.
2: It does sound fun, though.
1: Yeah, it is fun. Oh my god, there's quake style movement. I almost forgot you can bunny hop like you were bunny hopping your way through these levels and uh, exploiting jumping tricks.
2: One of the upgrades- There lies the crux as to why George likes it. One one of
1: the upgrades is a uh, uh, explosive proof flesh suit. The description says completely negates explosive damage, allows for advanced explosive tactics, which is basically telling you that you can rocket jump in this game. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I also really enjoy the organ collecting mechanics to it. The I, I I love picking through items on a table in a game. I love Elder Scrolls games because you can take the fork off of the dinner table. And so when you're um splattering enemies and then sorting through the gunk to see which organs you want to keep and which are just trash that you throw away. It's such a weird way to tap into the, the kinesthetic thrill of interacting with an environment on a small scale that also is making a fun joke about video game violence in the process. Hell yeah. yeah. Cruelty Squad. Oh, yeah. Cruelty Squad.
2: <laughs> I don't think I'm going to play it. I don't know if I can deal yeah. with that the yeah. no. <laughs> visuals. I don't
1: know if if Liam would like it, but I do think Matt might get something out of it. If you're really, yeah, if uh. you ever if you ever see it go on sale for super cheap at some point in the future, I think that you would. Right. I mean, you you liked Deus Ex, right? I did like Deus Ex. It was it was a long one, but I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> Deus Ex is yeah. the the primary inspiration. Like, it feels mm. like Deus Ex in uh, in terms of how how the movement. Um, clanks you down on the ground with every single footstep until later in the game. When you get some, some augmentations that give you more verticality, uh, there's, there's vent shafts everywhere. Um, I I did mention how there's locked doors everywhere earlier, but the vent shafts being everywhere is definitely a a Deus Ex Half-Life relic. A huge amount of civilian NPCs, and that that causes a lot of um, fun, jokey video game violence, anxiety. It's uh, one of the very, very few games where there will be so many civilian NPCs running around your line of sight that you may feel tempted to just shoot through them to get to the bad guys on the other side. (laughs) Because the bullets are so powerful and everyone dies so quick. And so there's uh, some some jokes where you walk around the UNATCO headquarters and talk to your fellow UNATCO agent who's like, "Oh, I I accidentally got some civilians killed in my last mission. They still paid me, but I feel real bad." Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's that it's that kind of humor, just like it, what you would expect a dumb teenager to be saying after after playing some some kind of horrifically violent video game that gets them to say something horrible. This game. Is, is built to, to create those kinds of sentences. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know if the in-game stock prices are actually affected by your gameplay, but I definitely saw one company's price go flatline once I ate their board of directors and sold their appendixes. Oh, that's what I keep seeing.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird.
1: <laughs> it's wonderful weird. Wonderfully weird. Yeah, I dig it. Cool.
2: Glad you're having fun in yeah. the hell. <laughs> Heaven <laughs> or hell. Choose Cruelty Squad. Definitely
1: hell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hell is where the guys who have fun gambling and and having sex go. Right, Cruelty Squad (laughs) is definitely a hell game.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a game you'd be playing in hell.
1: And in in heaven, they're playing Nintendo games. In hell, they're playing shit like Cruelty Squad. Yeah,
2: in heaven, they're playing Mario Golf and having a bad time.
1: They're like, "Fuck! I went to church for this." There's been some good Mario Golf games. Like, I remember the original NES game that was just called Golf that had Mario in it being pretty fun.
2: Yeah, NES Golf, the first
1: one. How the Mighty Have Fallen.
2: Well, I feel like, you know, the tennis game after the bad one was good. Therefore, we just have to wait for the next Mario Golf. And <laughs> that one Mario. Won't.
1: So there's a the Mario, Mario Golf cycle. cycle, like the Sonic cycle. <laughs> Shall we do some news? Because they're all fun. No, No boring stories here. Man, and, and a lot of, of of crazy stuff happens. There's two main stories that, that I do want us to focus on. But I also want to point out that a uh, PR event happened for Sniper Ghost Warriors 2 where the developer of the game couldn't make it over to America for the PR event due to coronavirus. The PR event in question was getting journalists to do, like, room-clearing military training, a company called the Incredible Adventures Team, at a facility called the Strategic Operations Facility, where these game journalists showed up and saw, like, a Trump 2024 flag and had to pretend to shoot rednecks doing their their tactical larping they they were pretending to shoot islamic terrorists wearing the the robes and the headscarves (sighs) and stuff it was a wild read I'll, i'll put a quick link to it not not either of the two big stories but definitely a weird reminder i think of how maybe video games haven't actually grown up after all these years <laughs> the developer of sniper ghost warrior 2 did issue an official apology but the fact that like stuff like this still happens really feels like a relic from 10 years ago
2: uh i did read the article uh oh, man how in 2021 is this kind of shit still happening? Also, how right? are PR events still happening? How is that? Right, that that's too. another question. I don't even know.
1: I, I, the last I remember reading it was um the Metal Gear Solid Five event when there was an infamous uh, uh grift between the 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 gamers and the reviewers over whether or not this thing deserved nine out of tens. It wasn't a review event. It was a preview event that, mm. that happened when the game was already out, too. Like, they even scheduled it. Yeah, it's a bit F- weird. Facebook is testing out VR game advertisement features, and the first game to try them out rolled them back. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to, you know, smirk to myself about a lot of comments I've made about the Oculus headsets, but, uh, that may be a thing happening over the, the next couple years is seeing more Oculus games have in-game advertising beaming the, the ad straight to your eyeballs. Oh God. This is some, like, Black Mirror bullshit right now. Some oh. Cruelty Squad dystopia.
2: I'm looking forward to seeing some of Matt's work inside of an Oculus headset in the future. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's definitely gonna happen.
2: <laughs> like, oh, no! <laughs> we made a mistake on that video! <laughs> oh, and now it's peeping to millions of people's eyes!
0: Yeah, no, 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 I don't want that. Mm. No, I don't want in-game ads in my face. I will, I will, by the time that
1: happens, I will be moving on to a different (laughs) headset. That's for sure. So, so final quick mention of, of a quick, quicker news story that happened this week is the Minecraft version 1.1.1 was a buggy version that ended up causing a gray screen crash. It was only online for three (laughs) hours and has since become a community joke. Uh, backup builds of of um that version got got lost into the the internet aether, but a a archivist has managed to dig up an old copy of it this week, and that's how I learned that an update of Minecraft shipped that was live for less than than four hours that that caused a crash and became a, a funny, cute joke in 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 the Minecraft world. <laughs> it's it's worth a read. Not not a lot of uh
2: video games are done
1: questions and conflicting opinions but definitely another fun quirky story from this week worth the read
2: okay yeah. Woo! video game preservation Woo. is is really heating up these days good stuff
1: what i thought we could get some more discussion out of is uh, a a input magazine article on voice acting ai algorithms ai that can generate voices they are Looking at a Witcher 3 mod called A Night to Remember that is named after an old trailer the, the game shipped with, where the modders use a combination of Geralt's lines that already existed in the game alongside some that are generated from an AI learning algorithm software called Cyber Voice.
2: Mm. <laughs> nice name.
1: There are some quotes from uh, voice actors who really do not like this stuff. Natalie Winter, who worked on Assassin's Creed Valhalla, says, There's this knee-jerk concern of it's going to take our jobs, and I do believe in some cases that will happen. It's sad to think that if AI voices become good enough to be widely used, then these opportunities will decrease again. On the other side of the fence, you have game developers who tend to accept it use it make use of it there's a long interview with obsidian about how they were using ai-generated voice lines during the development of the game before recording the final takes because that was helping the developers uh time out the flow of the conversations and make sure that lines started and stopped at the right place uh and also for the case of a of a mod who by no means is going to have the budget to to have real professional voice acting it definitely comes in handy for a character like Geralt, who has a very distinct, well-known voice, thanks to the talents of uh, 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 Cockle. What is what is that guy's first name? Because I don't just want to call him Cockle throughout the whole story. It is Doug Cockle. Doug, I'll call him Doug. I don't want to call him Cockle.
2: That's his name. It's an English surname, Cockle.
1: Thanks, thanks to the 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 wonderful talents of Doug Geralt. The the voice of Geralt is very distinct. So when Mr. you watch cockle. this w- when, when you watch this gameplay footage, you, you do hear of Mr. Cockle. You do hear very clearly amateur voice actors playing other characters, but then Geralt's voice played by Doug Cockle sounds like what you remember. Except I don't know. I, I Good Cockle. I sent you guys the link. I told you what uh, yeah, timestamps to skip through. That's and some good what did cockle. You think?
2: It's some good you, cockle. It's you, believable cockle. You thought you thought so. It sounded uh, like cockle.
1: Matt did did you did you check out the footage? Do you think it was cockle?
0: Uh, I did check out some of the footage. Is is that AI? All is that the part that you sent me was AI?
1: Uh, some of it. It's 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 a mix and a match. They use. Some, I couldn't some... tell the
0: difference.
1: They're both kind of awkward. I thought it was a little awkward too. Because it's without the music and stuff, so. And in the AI lines, I feel like you can kind of hear a little bit of an echoey effect to them that you don't get from the other lines. Oh. And the other thing is that they are short. They, they're short. He's a witcher. You better pay me or else I'll get angry. Uh, The other thing to keep in mind is that, that, um... Doug Witcher's delivery in in the game and the library of lines they were using to train the AI off of are all hitting that very monotone, distinctive note that he would always do throughout the whole game. You know, male video game protagonists, they, they sound stereotypically gravelly and monotone, and his definitely falls into that camp. So... Cockle. Gotta wonder how... how it must feel... Which I feel like a lot of us are going to feel this feel later on. But how it must feel to know a robot can do what you were doing with your creative human brain and your human voice by uh, the, the sheer volume of, of repetitions that you can feed a a self-learning algorithm into to synthesize new voice lines.
2: The reality is we're making games that are just so big that manual nature of them, the size, the pure size of these games like MMOs and stuff like that is just so unwieldy that there's no way you could do two things. One, pay voice actors enough for all of those lines, especially if you have hundreds of thousands of lines of dialogue. And secondly, there's no physical way to possibly record all of those lines before, you Mm. know, finishing the game. So as games get bigger, this kind of technology, I think you're going to see more and more. And I don't necessarily think it's bad to embrace it because it allows you to do something. But I do think there has to be things in place where the one thing that is kind of missing here is that even in The Witcher 1, it's still based on his voice, right? So there has to be a real human who developed that character voice first before then having an AI, you know,
1: ripping. Yeah, this isn't the TikTok robot. This is different.
2: It's funny you bring this up because I've recently been getting adverts for like on YouTube of like a software that is like a voice AI. And it's like, I bet you didn't recognize that I was a voice AI. And it's like, yes, I did. You sound terrible. <laughs> this is not a good representation of this. So it's still going to be pretty stiff, especially if it's, you know, generated.
1: It's like
0: going back to The Witcher 1 almost. The, the voice acting.
1: Yeah, the, the, the emotion in the soul isn't there. Yeah. But for a character like Geralt, who's going to be monotone and whispery anyway.
2: So that's the thing. I think you still need the character actor to be able to create the character and have them record the majority. Let's say the main quest, just as an example, right? But then if you have lots and lots of side quests, because eventually you're going to get games that ultimate quests as well. Like I think that would just oh, gonna like get Skyrim, to point, yeah, we're just gonna get to a point where that happens as well, and um then you're gonna have to use automating as much as possible, um so yeah,
1: so speaking of Skyrim and Bethesda games, one of the big riffs in hardcore RPG communities comes with how once uh games typically got fully voice acted you would see less dialogue options in morrowind you can walk up to any npc and get directions to the local tavern in oblivion and ever every one of them since you can't do that anymore because that means a new voice line recorded by an actor that costs money that you know on the other flip side of that occasion is someone making their surgery money I I don't know. I feel conflicted about this. I feel like it's good for the little developers, but bad for the little voice actors.
0: Yeah, with
1: uh, it, it still will require a human voice to build mm. the the database in the first place. Are they gonna get paid less? Yeah, they 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 have some some quotes about this. If Cockle did take issue with the audio being used, the. Uh, CEO of the AI companies told the reporter that in reality, there's nothing they can do right now, seeing as how the audio is not his actual voice, but simply similar. What the the, SAG-AFTRA, the actors union guild, want to do is make this decision ultimately be up to the voice actor, as currently video game companies do not have a right to continue using the performer's voice to create something new without their permission. So as a free mod that is uh, being distributed as an add on for the base product itself, something like doing Doug Witcher's voice, they 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 probably getting away with this just because it's free. Otherwise, it's probably close enough to his voice to where he does have some sort of of uh, right over.
2: I mean, he can still help with like developing the AI, you know, and stuff like that. Right. So like inflection and whatnot.
1: One one of the scenarios the article presents is imagining companies having databases of your basic, like, old male, young male, old female, young female. Of, they of do all it the... with
2: animation, so why would they not with voice eventually, right?
1: Do they do it with animation? Because that is news to me. I learned a lot, a lot of this stuff, like, just now from this article.
2: Yeah. You have animation databanks of, like, stuff that is referential, IKs and rigged models mm. that just, you know, generate like uh old man walking, right, and stuff like that. Okay. Uh or like young person pose, right, and then they have <laughs> AI data of like mocap and references that you can pull to then apply immediately to char- car- characters that are correctly rigged and then just do it.
1: But has that happened to voice acting yet though? Because animation no. totally is another entertainment
2: yeah, but why would it not, right? The point is that, like, one of the things that we started with was automated testing, right? So, like, in games like Persona, there's a really interesting blog about automated testing in Persona because testing that game is an impossible nightmare, right? How do you go through a game that takes 100 hours, right? That's uh...
1: Oh my God. They just get AIs to do it?
2: Yeah, they get AIs to walk through. They, do, they did it with Sea of Thieves. There was a really good GDC talk a couple of years ago about how, with Sea of Thieves, they did the same thing, right? a lot of random generation in that so how do you try to deal with man man, how come they got all this stuff going on but when when one when
1: halo infinite finally has bots it's the first time in the series it's ever happened and bots have gone away for for the chunk of uh of generation since
2: because playing like having a player character play the game versus like an ai that reacts to the player character is possibly a bit different but Yeah, they use automated testing, right? It's very by the numbers testing, but you know it checks for a lot of things that would generically appear in a player's run if they just did normal things. So you've got automated testing. You're 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 reusing animations and building animation databanks. You've got auto-generated worlds and materials that are able to conform to those auto-generated worlds. Like a lot of video game processes, and including design, right? Let's not forget roguelikes and stuff like that. That is like randomly generated. But it's all automated processing, right? So it's getting to a point where that kind of thing, because games are so big, because games cost so much to make, and blah, blah, blah. Like, it makes a lot of sense to me that this is a way that it would go. And of course, it will be scary for certain people whose job it is to provide those voices. But I think, you know, we have to have a balance between what is the practical of creating massive RPGs like The Witcher and also what is feasible, um, you know, he can only voice so many lines in a session and a year.
1: And on that note, I would like to go back to being able to ask an NPC directions and actually get an answer from them. Like that was so immersive in in Morrowind. It made so much sense.
2: Imagine like NPCs that dynamically change depending on your progress because they can have responses to you based on the AI looking at what the player's progress is in that moment. And then you don't have to record all those lines. You just, yeah.
1: And Elder Scrolls Daggerfall, like they had a type your own conversation system where the there would be keywords if you included that in your string, the AI, the NPC would give an answer like it was conversational systems. I feel in games have taken a downgrade since the switched from from text boxes to voice acting. And this does seem like one way to have the best of both worlds, even though it does also scare me for for some other levels
2: uh yeah it does it really doesn't surprise me but yes i think there still has to be something in place that you know especially considering voice actors are protected by unions you know uh, especially in the states right saga or whatever it's called there'll be some stipulations that a certain percentage amount of what can be in the game has to be voice acted by a person probably
1: I would like it if in Elder Scrolls Six you could ask an NPC for directions, and that's your canned AI voice. But if you ask them something more meaningful and special, you get the real performance.
2: Mm. Stuff that's actually related to the story and stuff that needs like a monologue and you know professional voice acting. We all appreciate professional voice acting, right? So I think even if you had a game entirely that was all to generate, a lot of people would pick it apart for not being authentic or sounding very strange.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, 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 it it might sound strange and noticeable if it's pointed out. If it's not pointed out, you might not even notice the difference. Hmm. It's gonna be interesting. The
0: world is changing.
1: Speaking of the world changing and uh, uh, Cox, um Wow. Scott Cawthorn is retiring from making Five Nights at Freddy Games. After a Twitter controversy in which it was discovered that he made large political donations, the maximum amount of political donations you can make as a private citizen, to various conservative Republican causes. The uh, sticking point... Isn't he Christian? I mean, um, most a lot of people who don't do this stuff are Christian. Very true. Yeah, yeah. Before but, before you know. he made Five Nights at Freddy, the origin story of Five Nights at Freddy is that his fundamentalist Christian games- Yeah, that's the difference. The, he's a fundamentalist Christian. And most normal Christians who don't do this stuff are not that.
0: But it doesn't- what I'm saying, it doesn't surprise me. But, yeah.
2: Well, what are the majority of conservatives in America? What is their dominant- <laughs> Yeah, Christian. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he,
1: he, he was making uh, silly, conservative, Christian Bible games that Jim Sterling criticized harsh enough right. for him to want to make scary, spooky horror games, Right, it, and, and it ended up becoming very popular with children 10 years ago. As those years mm. have rolled on, that generation has grown up into Zoomers who are the queerest generation in history. The sticking point here specifically has to do with uh, what these these campaign donations he is he has made will do to the LGBTQ community, of whom much of the game's fan base is is a percentage of. He sent these large donations to people like Mitch McConnell, who sponsors and votes for anti-gay marriage legislation for rolling back hate crime protection, for rolling back employment protections, for for LGBTs, for delaying anti-domestic violence legislation. He donated to Tulsi Cabbard, who has drafted anti-trans legislation, and uh, he, of course, donated to the Trump campaign. If you go onto the GLAAD website, they, they list about 92 anti-gay policies that Trump enacted during his terms, including the transgender military ban, allowing federal funding to health and welfare programs to discriminate against LGBT and uh, Betsy DeVos's education programs rescinding counseling services for trans teenagers in public schools. This caused a a culture war rift between um, fans who who were tweeting defenses of Scott under the hashtag I stand with Scott
2: uh, oh,
1: hashtag.
2: God.
1: Some popular defensive friends. opinions that that I will read and then read some counter arguments include lines like but these are just political opinions
2: i thought they wanted politics to stay out of games these people why are they commenting on it now because
1: these aren't their politics because they don't like these politics the politics are fine so long as it's a christian fundamentalist guy changing his message in his art to make good money but so long as uh, other people are victimized by the political not just political opinions, but political material support of this guy, then that turns from an opinion into something infringing on someone else's rights. So under the... Uh auspices of thinking that a lot of the fans of this game and maybe some listeners of the podcast might be fairly young i do not know if if uh they know yet that 90 percent of the time the better funded political candidate wins the election that is one of the unsavory truths of our systems that you definitely don't learn as a kid that you learn as an adult but that's also why people do political donations political donations is a far far greater bar of material support and uh, culpability to pass than an opinion, which even then a vote is still another layer of ma- material support that is more harmful to uh, whoever's being victimized by these policies than a- an opinion is. These are not just political opinions. These are massive amounts of donations like $933 was the smallest one on the list, 208 uh, $2,800 was the biggest one on the list, and that is the personal limit. Uh, he, he could start at LLC and, and have unlimited political donations that way if he uh, uh, creates the Scott Cawthorn Think Tank Political Action Committee. But as a private individual, he, he maxed him out. He, he filled the meter all the way to the top to uh, give material support to a cause that is directly victimizing kids for being themselves. Yes, I supported President Trump because I felt he was the best man to fuel a strong economy and stand up to America's enemies abroad, of which there are many. And which have given me millions of dollars
2: worldwide over uh, all of these things. Cuz Friday night, <laughs> five nights of Freddy's has been born in China loads. Oh my goodness. The hypocrisy sometimes is maddening.
0: I mean, that's 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 just a given. You, you, I'm not going to sit here and bash people who with this mindset. But uh with that statement you could kind of like stitch together he's probably okay that they that the you know anti gay stuff is there, but you well,
1: know. well, on the flip side, he has done massive charity streams where massive amounts of money, a lot more enough to dwarf his own political donations have gone to causes that support l g b t kids, okay, but If that's the case, if he really believed in it, he probably wouldn't also make the donations at the same time and materially step back, you know, two steps after taking one step forwards because uh, the, the children's hospitals he was sending money to are not they do not have the same kind of political power as the politicians and presidents and campaigns he was sending pow- uh, money to. And one of the 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 biggest stickers that uh is the stickiest part of of this debate I feel is uh the the following line of defense I copy-pasted from Twitter. You cannot change his mind with doxing or harassment or threats. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. So, this defensive line of reasoning comes from the fact that his Full name and zip code were posted on OpenSecrets.org, which publicly lists uh, uh, political donations. And as a result, people were able to figure out his address fairly easily. What the fuck? When it comes to that one, I'm just like, you're right. Wowie, it really does suck to get doxxed. Welcome to the club. Oh, you poor baby. So the way rich people usually avoid this problem and what Scott Cawthorn didn't do is um, have an assistant start up a blind trust to uh, purchase his properties outside of his name by having his address get published by his political donations in a weird roundabout way, has been victimized by a lot of the same problems that has victimized the more progressive causes that I personally have been dealing with for years upon years, specifically starting in, I wonder why it's so specific, specifically late 2014, when uh, waves of swatting attempts were made after a wave of doxing and I, I don't want to say attempts. A lot of people were doxed during Gamergate uh, in 2015. One Canadian gamer was sentenced for that. In 2017, there was a uh, uh, gaming related doxing scandal where a false, the fake, a different address was raided. They, they got the wrong. The, the SWAT team got the wrong house for the wrong call for the wrong crime that never even happened anyway. And someone fucking died. A person got shot, and the gamer who did it was sentenced to a mere fifteen-month prison sentence, during which t- and, and then two years probation afterwards, during which time he was not allowed to play video games. Oh no. <laughs> Just this past month, this stuff has not been fixed. These laws have not been fixed. It is absolutely a classist, outdated online infrastructure that favors rich people over regular people because now regular people have to deal with the burden of the lack of privacy and the dangers of stalking fans that comes from being a celebrity without having enough money to pay to to create a new LLC or a blind trust or whatever to hide your name from your property purchases. Because when you buy property, your address goes online. When you make a political donation, your name and zip code gets online. When you register for a political party in the states where you have to do that, your name may end up online. Like, it is absolutely absurd to think in 2021 after 6 going on 7 years of doxing and swatting and so many people dying from this stuff the laws have still not changed to prevent someone like Scott Cawthorn being exempt from from the same sort of of problem that a lot mm. of other less rich people more vulnerable people do have to deal with to greater consequence i would argue in fact on that note uh so yeah i personally felt a little bit of a of a cause to point that out on the podcast and how how those laws really do need to change abso-fucking-lutely
2: yeah Oof. depressing all around
1: so scott cawthorn did in his statement said my wife is six weeks pregnant and she spent last night in fear because of what was being said online she's already been struggling with her pregnancy so seeing her afraid really scared me and then he says All this because I exercised my right and my duty as an American citizen to vote for and support the candidates who I felt could best run the country for everyone, and that's something I won't apologize for. Quote. I think this could get some eyeballs on... The problem of the doxing and the addresses, as far as who cares, it's probably the the queer fans of this game who grew up with it in their childhood and feel betrayed by a developer who is supporting someone that...
2: Sorry guys, I have to get out of here.
1: (laughs) Oh shit, oh oh, god, that's right.
2: Oh no, we're getting too spicy! (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Fuck voting for Trump. I mean, you sow your own seeds in this world now.
1: Oh, that's a good way to put it. I guess I'm
2: out. I'm out of it. Right. <laughs> Thank you, you Liam. Thank you. Yeah, sorry for the early bow, everybody. Enjoy. No worries.
1: Uh, we'll finish up with a uh, little, little bit more. Just, just let let Matt get his opinion out of the way, and then we'll move over to questions. Do you believe that whatever you believe in? Do you believe
0: that the developers have your have your same views? That's insane. That's insane.
1: No, I know they're... Yeah, especially if you find out your developer was, like, groping people in the office. Yeah, and, and, and it's, there's
0: a lot of developers on some of these games. You think all of them? No, just don't let it mess up your childhood. Yeah, if that guy's a dick, the guy's a dick. Just move on. Maybe don't play the games anymore because it's, it's a little salty
1: now. But, like... I think the better solution is to not be a dick,
0: well, yeah, for sure. But the thing is, we live in a world where there will always be dicks. There never be a time ever where there won't be people being dicks. This is kind of the world we live in. To be honest, there needs to be balance. But yeah, sure, I would love to live in a perfect world with no dicks. But that's not that's no. not a reality.
1: It doesn't take a perfect world. It takes a PR agent. It takes a PR agent that you pay money for to to vet your social media posts and say, no, Scott, don't do this. Don't even say anything at all. It takes a PR agent to set up your blind trust in your LLC so that when you donate to the political campaigns you want, you don't have your address show up on the Internet. There are steps that the dicks can take to not have the problem he's he's ended up facing. And he could still be a dick, you know, who, who we're, we're finding out um, how how Britney Spears may not have been a dick all along, you know, because of uh, some some legal complications involving her conservator and how how these rich people services to manage your brand can really bite you in the ass at some point. But yeah, the, the thing is, is that rich people who are dicks tend to have PR people to help them manage the public perception of them being a dick. There's less of that filter nowadays than now that all the rich people who are dicks are on social media with the rest of us. But I still feel like not enough of those rich people who are dicks have uh remembered the lessons of the old times when when your PR person would tell you, "No, Mel Gibson, don't say that anti-semitic thing about the Jews when doing your your interview for The Passion of the Christ."
0: Yeah. Man, people are people. Yeah. Oh, you know? Okay, is, Tommy. It, 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 people are people. Uh, the thing is, I don't know, like I just don't it doesn't, it, I just, <laughs> it's impossible to just, like, if, if you were to let all this stuff affect you, then you just won't live, because there's so many people, even people you probably, even people I probably work with, that have certain thoughts that I will fucking not agree with,
1: but, like, I just, you
2: just. It's
0: just,
1: like, the way you phrase that, like, if you let it affect you, you might not live, when we're talking about how suicide rates among gay people directly correlate with what sort of laws and politics are being passed at the time like it Mm. for a lot of these kids it is a life or death matter
0: Mm. okay
1: if they decide they don't want to live through a lifetime of being bullied and hated all the time if they can't take the right kinds of drugs that fix the, the depression that comes with a lot of this stuff there's there is a surprisingly long list of stakes that do frame it as a life or death issue for the minority in the crosshairs here. Yeah, well I I know that for 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 school if you're still in school dealing with stuff and
0: you just don't go to a very loving school, which is I would say I I haven't I've never been to a very loving school. Uh I've seen them, but uh teachers some some teachers don't give a fuck. Like kids are mean. So I can kind of see that.
1: And one of the things to, to keep in mind with this story is that this is like a, a, a children's game that has had a, a children's audience that are like late teenagers, early adults now that it's been 10 years since this thing first picked up. But we, we, we live in an age where you, there's the, the internet exists.
0: So if, you, if, you, if you're having some trouble, there's definitely a group, a Discord, something out there that you can join if the first one ain't good, if the second one ain't, just keep moving on until you find something to kind of hold you together.
1: That is no substitute for a family that disowns you, though.
0: Yeah, but it's better than be alone, though. I mean, but I again, I'm I'm just I don't know. I don't I don't know that
1: feeling. Neither neither do. Yeah, ni- neither of us have gone through it, so we don't we can't comment. But I, I can't I can't say. I I w- I would just say
0: you know. They are people. I know that that there are people that are looking for a family as well. You know that don't have a family, and we we have seen that even in the Discord, and we've gotten messages.
1: So like it, you know, just in this circle, I have met enough troubled yeah. kids with shitty childhoods because of homophobia that I absolutely positively am on their side on this one.
0: Yeah, I w- I will. I will fuck a kid up talking that bullshit. <laughs> I hate that hate shit, man. God, I, I know I, I went through some shit, and when I was in school, man. I, so when I see that, I'm like, man, if I punch a kid, I'm gonna go to jail. But I ain't gonna... <laughs> that hateful stuff, that bully stuff is just that rubs me the wrong way.
1: It really pisses me off,
0: man. The thing is, because it stays with you so long when you're young, and that happens to you, it stays with you so long, and so and and therapy is very needed. A lot of people, you know, and it's it should be more common than it being what it is. You know, it's expensive as fuck too, which is why I've I've never tried it myself. Like, "Ah, this is way too expensive. Even though, you know, I would love to go just to see if I'm okay.
1: And if you go with a cheap one who's not that good, you're gonna end up discounting the whole profession, which you shouldn't. Which, yeah, exactly. Which I will definitely do. I'll be like, man.
0: I paid fifty dollars for an hour, and this shit was not good enough. And w- when the good ones are like, I don't know, you're talking about like three hundred dollars an mm-hmm. hour, maybe, maybe yes, yes, you minutes. are. That's that is. You're talking about nuts.
1: Yeah, yeah, j- yeah. I looked it up. It's nuts. That's the price I saw. Three hundred an hour. Yeah, it's nuts, man. And some of the good ones charge even more. And so that ends up becoming a class issue. That's something that rich people can solve that poor. People can't, much like keeping your address private on the internet. That's
0: why sometimes they're, not, not all of them, but a lot of them are healthier. You know? Especially how I don't have the issue of stress of money,
1: which is a lot of stress here in America. I, I hate being reminded of how much time I spent on 4chan as a teenager hmm. back in the uh, late 2000s. It I, I, I want to say it was not bad as it got later and as the years rolled on, but I still hate the fact that even I got roped into that culture for, for a few years of the edgy teenager phase. From what I hear, I have two friends who are teachers who teach like Zoomers, sixth to eighth graders. And they say that like these kids are far more polite than they ever would have expected kids of that age to be from this generation, partially because they do have experience, more experience socializing online and more experience with bullying and yeah. hate online. But the little chunk of kids who aren't that, who, who actually unironically do not let their, their edgy teenager 4chan phase go away in their adulthoods, those kids scare the fuck out of me. If anyone on the internet actually deserves to get doxed and harassed, then it's the fucking bullies who proliferated. They're the ones who deserve to get a taste of their own medicine. Like I, I, I'll be the first one to say I'm a, I'm a beat up a little kid.
0: But like, it's probably I shouldn't beat up a little kid, and probably more hate on hate might not work in the long run. Sometimes tough love is needed, but I, I don't know. I don't know if that would work, even though it would be more
1: satisfying for us to see. You know what I mean? I know what you mean, because sometimes it takes a, a riot or two to actually make change happen.
0: Be- very true. Very true.
1: Yeah. You know, you don't want to <laughs> say that that too often, but when yeah. you look at how history has gone, it, yeah. it, it does, that is kind of saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah. But bullying bullying bullies,
0: I don't know if they, they go straight, though. I I feel like every person is different and every everything to fix that person is different. And we say fix because we're we're pushing our our way of thinking on them. We, is is our way the right way? I mean, we could go deep into this. Right? <laughs> do I don't know.
1: <laughs> Maybe the aliens will let us know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, murder is great. <laughs> They they, they they come down from the spaceship and say like the optimal political theory for your planet is fascism and genocide. Yeah. Like what are we gonna do if the aliens tell us that that we need to be bullying each other? I, I think in that case I would I actually would fight back against the alien invasion and not just uh, let it happen if they were trying to convince us to to all become Nazis. Listen, if aliens come and
0: we're supposed to fight against them, we're dead. This is this oh, yeah. is not a movie. Yeah, like, yeah, like
1: there's no way we're gonna be like,
0: oh, yeah, humans survive. No, no, that doesn't
1: scare me though, because that just strikes me as like predestination, like our natural light, (laughs) our natural expiration date finally (laughs) reaching the end. If, if, if the planet destroys itself out of nuclear war and global warming, that's that does scare me a lot more than an alien invasion.
0: Damn, damn, I will sell my stocks move to
1: a nice island, and live out my last, what, 30 days? If you're in the Half-Life 2 universe, then you just got seven hours before the ocean boils. Oh, God. That quick? Shit. The Half-Life 2 invasion is is legitimately terrifying. I'd be happy to die in that one. I don't want to be uh, uh, Dr. Breen- uh, having to be a, a puppet leader for the aliens. I, d- I don't want to be Eli Vance, like, wearing messy pajamas in a bunker underground trying to, to do science. Would you rather be boiled alive, though, than live in the hell afterwards? That's a tough, tough one. Mm. It's like, do I want to keep mm. living or die a horrible death? Like, I don't. Or, or be one of the combine slaves. Like, like get beat slave. up by the cops every day in your blue jumpsuit. <laughs> Those suit. slave
0: days are over, my friend.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Well, um, if we, if you'd like to send us listener questions, <laughs> we can mail <laughs> you can mail them in to Dad and Sons Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, alternatively, we also always post questions from our Discord Patreon listener questions channel. First up is from The Inbox, Stephen H. says, Lately, I've been having some thoughts about the good old days of gaming without microtransactions, and I always wrap back to the sad reality of how this genie has been let out of the bottle. Without strict regulations, microtransactions will likely be permanent in our video games. That thought can be a bit heartbreaking. But I had an idea that could either be the worst idea ever, or maybe really good. What would be your thoughts on a microtransaction economy that exchanges different games' currencies based on their popularity? Example, you have five V-Bucks left over from a skin purchase from Fortnite, because you know the way they do the exchange rates, you always have a bit of currency left over to incentivize you to buy more. This
0: is this is gonna happen.
1: So let's say you can go on an exchange website and see what your leftover V-Bucks can get you for another game's currency, i.e., a stock exchange of sorts for microtransaction game currency. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah. This has already been talked about. Okay.
0: NFTs. Oh, fuck off. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, we're gonna deal with that again.
0: No, we're not. We're not. We're uh, not. We're gonna talk about it in not because everyone thinks of it as oh, pictures on the internet when that's not what NFTs are. But imagine crypto, like these tokens, right? You can change okay. exchange your V Bucks using Uniswap or whatever exchange site for another game currency crypto that you can use for that game and there's games built around this or being built around this so you could just do that
1: yeah the developers would have to build the infrastructure for it wouldn't it be in their hands this is
0: the future stuff
1: yeah this is this is in the in the future this is what
0: can happen this is just what's happening now is just like the beginning of like what is possible but yeah wouldn't it it, it's that is amazing wouldn't it (laughs) be like okay i used to play fortnite and i used to be like a rock star fortnite top top 10 percent have all these skins won these tournaments i can use that get into another game get into valorant and get some skins get whatever for for whatever i had and you just sell it on the market
1: but it ultimately would be up to the developer Bothering to program the functionality into their game for players to be able to sell their leftover currency for, for some other sort of value. But this will be highly sought after. This is for next generation. This is for next next built games. So what's the developer's incentive? How do they make money from players trading their uh, fake crypt their 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 microtransaction money? So way
0: the way OpenSea does it is that the creator gets. 2.5 percent variable okay. is about five percent so they can change that so whatever is paid they get like a certain percentage by using the platform and that's um,
1: where i think it would fall down because the the market leader would not want to do that like how sony does not want crossplay, but all the all the consoles under them do because it's better yeah. for them than it is for the one at the top for players to be able to swap between platforms like that and spend money on the competition instead of the king, the king of the competition. I mean, people people will be going back and forth if it's a competitive market. They will. Otherwise, something
0: sitting there, they can trade back and forth, and that will produce a economy between all the games where where one didn't exist at all. So, except for if there's like two huge games, for instance, there's not going to be only two huge games, but like two huge games. And there's a constant trading between it. That's just constant money being flown in. You see what I'm saying? There's constantly people switching games. There's constantly people wanting
1: this from that, this from that. But whichever game is number one is going to want to hold on to that. They're going to want to keep their players in their own ecosystem. I mean, like, it
0: all depends. I, I'm just. I mean, it depends on what the the people want. Like it, it's if if it's demanded enough, and they figure out a way.
1: I mean, I feel like it'll eventually get to that point. It may not. It may not. I feel like this could help out smaller companies, but you wouldn't see the bigger ones want to budge on it. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I, I do think for for the question to answer the question, I do think that is completely possible. It's possible, and and it has like kind of sort of been prototyped with some concepts like Steam trading cards. Oh yeah, G two A's. Filthy what the fuck is steam trading cards? Like what is that? It's fake what is
0: steam points game like, what currency am I game?
1: You you get money in your steam wallet you get 10 cents or whatever off of uh, another steam purchase by Jesus. selling steam trading cards that gamers decide the value of by the popularity of their transactions and also G2A's extremely slimy key reselling model kind of does seem similar because they do sell keys bought from the same shady sources across multiple platforms. And I would argue that the crossplay is also a similar model because you would have customers come in from different platforms to all pour money into one company at the top. But the problem there is that Sony PlayStation is the one brand of the big three that does not want to participate because they don't have as much incentive as the two underneath them. As soon as one of the two underneath them moves to the top, they're not going to want to participate because they won't have as much to gain from it as the rest of the competition will. So yeah, if it does get implemented, I do totally see it going back and forth. I, uh, I just feel like it would probably be slower to implement because of the big. I if
0: this is not happening soon,
1: for sure not. I mean we're we're
0: just I mean crypto has been around for what years now and we're now just getting it on Venmo and PayPal and Mint and all these other companies are now you can actually have your holdings in and it's it's just now and then now the Federal Reserve is going to announce some shit and probably announce their own stuff like this it, all sorts of shit happening now it's going to be a long time and the aliens and, and the aliens. aliens coming as well so yeah. all this is not going to matter because they're all going to just you know, like oh yeah, you guys are still on crypto. <laughs> let's let's get on the new shit. Yeah. <laughs> fucking brain money. Fucking, yeah, the
1: aliens telepathically <laughs> send value back yeah. and forth when they yes. got to make an alien <laughs> transaction. <laughs> or
0: they or they go back to you know fucking bottle caps and we can just <laughs> sell bottle caps. All of a sudden, homeless people are fucking rich. Yeah. It's, the front world upside down.
1: I can't wait to see the, the aliens like like come out of the ship. There's some fog, you can't see them through the light at first. You see a vague humanoid figure emerge from from the overwhelming lighting of a of a flying saucer landing on the White House lawn. The alien pulls out a wallet and says, Hey, I just need to like change this 10 for some fives. <laughs> I I hope they don't look like
0: what we think aliens look like, the, the gray aliens. Yeah, I hope they just just something
1: out of this world, like completely different. I would be disappointed if they look like grays. I could, I could deal with yeah. it. I could fuck with that, but I don't. I, I, I would, you know, want some new character designs. Big old eyes. I don't want no big old eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you'd get used to
0: it. Probably some people won't though. Some people, and that generation will never get used to it. They would have to die out. You yeah, imagine but- having aliens here for the rest. For the rest of civilization, like from now, I'm ready.
1: To, I am fucking ready, I am so ready.
0: it will change the world, yeah, it will change the world like they'll they'll be create What if they came here and it would be like "I gotta believe in something, man, okay, you guys need to stop this nuclear shit, all right, stop trying to kill each other like let's let's you know, like if there are actually like peaceful aliens, and shit. I
1: need some kind of future to hold on to, dude. <laughs> <laughs> But they won't be peaceful. <laughs> if, there's, if there's no aliens, then then I I really I I I I do not like visualizing what we're in store for. If there's no aliens,
0: I, I want to go to space, but I feel like that's not unless I put my brain in inside of a jar. There's no way I'm gonna be able to go to space. Yeah, you have to. Be It'll be too Mezzos. expensive, even mm. when I get old. Like, I would have to be rich.
1: You have to make your factory, you have to make your factory workers pee in bottles (sighs) and uh, 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 make all the user reviews come from sketchy accounts in China. That's how you get rich enough to go to space. What is it like 11 million dollars or something like that? I I I don't even. I I, ne- I never did look up the price.
0: But I wouldn't want to just go like with randos. I would want to go with like a group of people, you know?
1: Oh, you want a party. Like
0: I would want it to be a shuttle. I want it to be a shuttle like a plane. Well, not I want my own seat and a window seat that is. But like <laughs> that's that's this is never going to happen.
1: It's never going to happen.
0: Not right now anyway. Elon is not moving fast enough. That guy's too busy being crazy.
1: But Fox uh, and TMZ are teasing that they're going to release shocking new footage of, uh, of 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 UFOs tonight, 8, really? 7 central. We are having a watch party on the Discord over it because I was going to have a watch party over the public hearing and they didn't end up doing it. I got to watch this. Gotta you got to have a watch time, party over something, I guess. Uh, it'll be six for you, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, speaking of of, of, uh, fun activities on the Dad and Sons Patreon, Mr. Bubbles asked us a question there saying, Dad and Sons, oh, it sucks we don't have Liam for this one. I'll put it on the list for next week, but for now, you and I, Matt. Dad and Sons, what's your favorite pre-rendered video game opening? Oh, God. What is it? I know what mine is, but I also had the advantage of looking at the question early. It's Final (laughs) Fantasy VIII on the PlayStation 1. That opening is where it goes and and you see this like quick cut of angry angsty goth teenagers sword fighting and then cities exploding and then poetic words of romance floating above a beach there's a lot of conflicting images with really harsh music that shouldn't work but do work into a like beautiful short film that is not like the rest of the
2: game at all
1: all right. All right. All right.
0: I, I have a very traditional one.
1: Well, I feel like, like mine was traditional too. It's, it's some, some old uh, millennial nostalgia. This game's from like 1998. I think that I'm nine, rem- ninety nine 99, maybe um, back when FMVs mattered. What well, when they mattered. Yeah. It, it has to be like the PlayStation era when they didn't look like the same graphics of the, the game anyway. Cause, Cause, nowadays you can't tell as as easy as you could back then.
0: I gotta say, it would have to be the Final Fantasies because back in a day, right? Seeing those, my yeah, man. Seeing those were just like you're like, whoa! Like this is graphics now. What like this is it, it, like back then? There was huge jumps. There was some magic to it. And yeah. when you saw, like, Final Fantasy 7, for instance, that's iconic, right? That opening, this music, hearing the train, like, just, like, wow. Like, you're blown away, especially because you got that demo with the PlayStation, and you were to play that over and over again.
1: Those, those were enough to sell copies. Like I remember yes. reading stories of of GameStop clerks who would get returns from people who were like, "I thought the graphics would look like this. I I thought there would be more action and shooting because they shoot in the cutscenes." Mm. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there the remember um, the Mario promotional materials for Mario sixty four that looked uh, uh, so much smoother and cleaner than the real game. And, and now we are seeing a fan-made, ray-traced remake of Mario 64 that's actually nailing the aesthetics of the pre-release marketing materials. That used to be what would sell the game. The, the FMV graphics over the regular graphics. A lot of customers did not know that they weren't able to play graphics like that. It was such a big deal. The, the FF10 ones were so pretty, too. They didn't go, like... To, they didn't have magazines
0: you know and they didn't look at the gameplay like you
1: had to stuff? buy them from the grocery store that there were no video game shows on the tv it was a completely different media environment yeah back then reviews actually mattered right yeah yeah oh yeah i used to read the reviews man God, and that also just means so much more money was circulating through the economy too. Technically less, but more evenly distributed through the economy because the magazine would end up having the customer's money get sent to everyone from the guys writing the articles to the people driving the truck to the grocery store full of magazines. I really feel like kids growing up these days do not realize how much the economy took a hit from everything switching to the internet. Yeah, But uh, yeah, FMV cutscenes definitely don't matter like they used to do they no they don't there's still some good ones like someone was posting a um commercial for a world war ii themed uh cell phone strategy game that is a total piece of shovelware it just wants you to pay microtransactions but they made a pre-release trailer using live actors on top of a lot of green screen and cgi and it looks good it's like a, a fun little example of of experimental filmmaking in that format. Yeah, actually, that's what they would do, wouldn't they? They would make experimental little short films to try and sell the game.
0: It, it's uh it's it's amazing now that uh that now we what 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 we have like cool trailers now. Or oh, what what sells a game now?
1: I want to say social media chatter. Like Among Us did not sell from review scores, it did not sell from marketing. It sold from social media chatter during the pandemic.
0: Yeah. I mean, man, that exploded and then disappeared.
1: I appreciated it while it was lasting. <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah, it was, it was great for five dollars. Yeah, and could be played on any device. Uh, one of my one of my teacher friends was talking about how on their off days, when they would let the kids do whatever, he would let them play Among Us, and the kids who did not have phones could still play it on the school computers. So the accessibility is definitely. Gone, gone, way up through the roof in uh, this generation too. I used to play Quake on the school computers. Obviously, we 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 could keep going for minutes, and we have to force ourselves to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Things things to do, aliens to watch we we got aliens to to meet and and work to do and um people to to thank thank you Matt for for everything. Thank you George. Uh, you know retrospective thanks to Liam um um thanks to our our artists uh, Strex did the logo, Henry Ng did the background art, Ryan Lafford did the music. Thank you to to the the standard crew for their editing services. Thank you listeners for supporting us uh by either listening to us or or taking the extra step and joining in our fun Patreon Discord. I love that place so much. Yes. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks.